Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino. I'm joined by our host and star of this show, KFT. This is a date in October with KFT. We welcome her back from her long journey to the MLB winter meetings there. I'm sure she's got some stories to tell. She was right in the middle of all of it, and we're going to cover some hot stove today. But before we, we begin, just want to hit our couple of sponsors, uh, make sure that we pay tribute to them. Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke. Um, you can use a special code at checkout right now. We're going to have Kelly up and running uh, by the end of the day today. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get your 20% discount, you can feel free to use my code David20, capital D-A-V-I-D 20 at checkout. I'll get you your 20% off and then we'll get that over to KFT once she gets her platform going. And also Jaw Bats, the, the newest bat company that Major League Baseball has approved this pat this upcoming season. At checkout with Jaw Bats, great maple bats. Tanner got his the other day. Uh, use RVG at checkout. Gives you 15% off of not just your bat purchases, but any apparel purchases that they have. But great maple bats, uh, very few grains in it, which is what you want as a hitter. And uh, you, you'll love it. The, the guys that, that do the company take great pride in their craftsmanship. Uh, we also, as you know, we have two ad reads that we're going to do today. So we ask you to be patient. It's about 90 seconds per ad read. We ask you not to fast forward through it. Listen to it. Uh, Liquid IV has become a new sponsor of ours as our very uh, own platform Zencaster here. So with that, play our two ads here so we don't interrupt content. And then we'll bring Kelly on to the show. So ad read number one. IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. Their hydration multipliers and great tasting non-GMO electrolyte drink mix powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water alone. Hydration isn't only for people training for championships and marathons. It's about daily maintenance. I use it when I travel, watch my kids play in soccer or basketball games, back for back-to-back -back conference calls, or even neighborhood walks. Proper functional hydration is essential, and Liquid IV is the number one power, powdered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. For me, it's the Liquid IV flavors. They offer 12 unique flavors, from strawberry lemonade to Concord grape, my favorite, acai berry. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. It's made from quality ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. That's why I'm asking you, take a look at this. This is for real people. It's got real flavors. It's real hydrating. And you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code RVG at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you stop when you shop Better Hydration today, using our promo code RVG at liquidiv.com. Zencaster. How to start podcasting with Zencaster. It's now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. Why did I choose Zencaster? Three years ago, I had never listened to a podcast. Now I've successfully produced almost 400 podcasts in the last two and a half years, all using Zencaster, and it's so easy. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4,000 videos 
with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And it's all in one. If you have thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. What am I asking from you? Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code, all capitals, RVG, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. That was not a famous actor, Kelly. That was actually me. Believe that. Dave, I was really impressed with you pronouncing that acai berry thing because I never knew how to say that word. Yeah, it took took a couple of takes, but I got it done. I got it done. But um, no, welcome back. I know you had some some travels uh, vacation-wise, and then you had travels to the winter meetings. How were the winter meetings for you? Oh, the winter meetings were great. It was so interesting to be in the belly of the beast like that. My first year going down... And I was able to speak at the Sports Management Worldwide Conference. They invited me to be on one of their panels to talk about expansion of Major League Baseball. And I I had a great time, receptive audience. Um, The Sports Management Worldwide is run by Lynn Lashbrook, and he does a great job um, helping mostly young people decide to um, pursue a career in baseball and to help them accomplish that. No, I, I think that's the great unknown. People see sports, you know, now more than ever before. And that's always the question I get. How do I get in? How do I do what you did? How do I do what you do? And there's so many different paths to it. And I, I think there's, it's not a linear process by any means, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. But that's good that guys like that people like Lynn and and um, and yourself are out there giving back to to other people to show them how to get involved with sports in so many different ways. You don't have to be a player. I mean, there's 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 so many different avenues to get into sports. So that's great. There. Did you run into anybody famous? Um, let's see. I met, uh, Dan Evans, former GM of the Dodgers, and that was fun. And, um, Brian Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, I didn't get to meet him personally, but he was on another one of our panels and it was, you know, just kind of nice to be there where all the excitement was happening. And I have to say the thing that stands out most for me was going to the hotel gym. I know you've traveled a lot in your days, Dave. And usually when you go to the hotel gym, there's like one kind of semi out of shape person pedaling slowly on the bike, like reading a novel or something. This hotel gym was so jam packed with the most in shape people you've ever seen in your life. It was amazing. Well, such as sports, I guess, right? They spend a whole year. Yeah. It's, it's hard. You have to be very deliberate when you're traveling that much to stay in shape. So I give them a lot of credit because it is a, the lifestyle itself is a hazard. It's stressful. So I think that the fact that you saw that is, is a great tribute to the way our current, whether it's managers, general managers, or I guess just general guests. I'm sure Sal will be happy to hear that, that people are out there taking ownership of their, their own health and fitness. So, well, we got to top of the first today. Um, what, what do you got for us in store for top of the first? Dave, I wanted to talk quickly about the Otani contract, because although um, it happened a few weeks back, we haven't had a podcast because of the holidays. 
And what I wanted to focus on was not the amount of his contract, which was uh, ostensibly $700 million uh, worth, but I'll get to why I say ostensibly in a second. But because so much of it was deferred, he deferred $680 million of his $700 million contract with the Dodgers. So he's going to earn $2 million a year until 2034. And then he will start collecting $68 million a year for 10 years without interest. Yeah. They, they have that going on with, with him. The Dodgers do with Freeman and Betts. And I forget the exact number. I shared it. Uh, Jim Cott on Cott's corner. We were discussing the, the Dodgers, circumventing the the luxury tax basically is what they're doing right now so they can buy more better players but the 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 clubs that don't have the money they should be complaining but they're not so so be it but it was it was something funny like in the year when Otani was 60 and Freddie Freeman was 55 and Mookie Betts was 54 they were going to be making more money than the the, than Tampa Bay's payroll is right now when they're that age because of all all the deferred money I believe it And it's important to point out that there is nothing technically wrong with this, according to the CBA. There are no limitations on deferred comp under the CBA. But I can't help but feel that a deferral of this magnitude was not contemplated. And I think in the next CBA, we might see something about it. Because I'm with you. I think that this works against the small clubs because they can't take this type of risk without knowing the financial climate a decade from now, but Guggenheim Partners um, can. Yeah. Also, I think although this type of deal works for someone like Otani, who makes its reported $50 million a year off the field, meaning endorsements or whatever, um, but most players are not in that category. And I think that this contract is going to set precedent And it's going to give new leverage to owners in negotiations who are going to prevail upon players to defer compensation. So clubs can say, hey, we're going to free up capital and avoid the luxury tax and build a winning team around you. But that's going to result in a lower present day value of the contracts for most players. Yeah. And it's, that's a battle for the, the players union to I'm sure they like guys getting paid because it raises the bar with salaries, but obviously there's a loophole. And that my first instinct was we talked a little bit about the loophole stuff on our coach and Kernan show. And it's, it's the very definition of a Ponzi scheme. Now they do have to show that money in an account. The, the Dodgers do one time at the end of every year, just to make sure they have the money to pay as whatever's left in the total contract. But then they can move that money back to wherever, it, it started. So it's, I have a hard time believing that all the bright minds that are sitting in those rooms didn't foresee this. And, um, and if they didn't shame on them, but yeah, you're right. It's not against the rules. It is perfectly within the guidelines and good for the Dodgers for figuring it out. And they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I just, uh, I don't know why the smaller markets aren't banging the drum louder on something like this. Cause Glasnow, a guy like Tyler Glasnow should have been with Tampa still. And now he's with the Dodgers, ironically because they couldn't afford them. Yeah, and that is exactly right, because the Dodgers kind of made a mockery of the luxury tax like this. They were able to go out and pursue other players. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up again. It, we, it, it got, it got uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in, in November, December with sports in general, college sports, the, the hot stove, the NFL's going, the NBA's, you know, 
hitting their stride with their midseason tournament. So I'm glad we brought this up uh, to the forefront because I think it's something that our, the fans have to chew on, and they, they've got to have an opinion on this as well to make sure that they're heard. But I, 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 I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it up, and you did run into the two Dodgers. Did you voice your opinion on it down there? Had this not happened yet? It hadn't happened yet. Okay, but um, we'll go. We may have to call back on that. See if we can get one of them on your show to to discuss the luxury tax here and how they they work it. That would be great. So you got a little, little bit of AL Central talk you want to want to get into. Oh, yeah. You know, so I thought we would do a little hot stove check-in now. And, you know, we mentioned the Dodgers, and let's just get them out of the way. I was thinking if I wanted to grade the teams on the offseason, if it were like law school and only, you know, two people in the class get an A and everyone else is graded on a curve, the Dodgers got the A. Let's face Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, they got Glasnow, Otani, Yamamoto. They just signed Teoscar Hernandez a couple days ago. And there's no saying that they're done. So in a sense, you've got to tip your cap. They um, have created a situation where they have a tremendous team. It's going to be fun to watch them, whether you're watching them to love them or watching them to hate them. So, you know, they are, I was thinking about it. When I was young, the Yankees used to be the center of the baseball universe when the universe was North America. But now the Dodgers are the center of the baseball universe with the universe being the whole world. Yeah. And, you know, they, they when's, I have to look this up and I'm asking it kind of out there in, in the universe. When's the last time they won a title? Dodgers won the uh, COVID year. Okay. Other than, yeah. Yeah, other than that, right, um, because nobody really counts that. It's like an asterisk year, which yeah, is Yeah, right. like the Lakers when they won during that time. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't have the answer to it. I'll put it in the show notes. But, yeah, they, they, they've spent a lot of money. I'm, I like watching those three players you mentioned. I, I can't imagine rooting against them. I root against the theory because I like the smaller market teams um, competing. But I also don't mind dominance because dominance forces other people to respond, react, get better. So um, they're going to be fun to watch. That's his – Still at the top of his game, Freeman never wavers, and Otani is the is uh, the, the guy right now. And not only that, but with the way the expanded playoffs are now, you can't buy a championship. If you'll allow for like a tiny bit of sarcasm, you can buy a division title, but you can't buy a championship. And so it's going to be fascinating when we all tune in in October, saying, "Are the Dodgers going to get swept?" And you know the division series in three games. Yeah. Yeah. They still have to win on the field without doubt. And Otani has to stay healthy. He's not going to be pitching for at least a year. And they're really paying for a, a DH. Cause I can't imagine he's going to be playing the field that yeah. much, but only That's 2 million, fun. 2 million is a good, 2 million is a good uh, price for 40 homers, a 300 average and probably 90 to 105 RBI. So they, I think they made out with that. And we're, we may have uh, Dodger Gavin Lux on our show in a couple of weeks with Jeff Fry. So I'll have to, to bring up to have him talk a little bit about the excitement of the Dodgers right now, because he's a young up and coming shortstop lefty hitter um, right in the right in the beginning of his career. So he's getting to see this uh, eyes wide open right now. Oh, that's great. That'll be a good show to tune into. Yeah. So who uh, are some of your other, your other team? I, know you, I thought you mentioned the Royals. I thought that was great because during that that time um, where, where you were traveling, Someone had asked me, and it may have been Bob Schaefer, who was a, the skipper for the Royals for a short time, does touch them all for us. Um, I thought the Royals had a great offseason. 
I thought oh, they did not. I, I love the Royals. In fact, I tweeted like halfway through their moves. I don't know if you're a card player, Dave, but I play hearts. And I thought this is like when you're playing hearts and you don't notice that the guy next to you is trying to shoot the moon because they're quietly amassing all these hearts and the queen of spades. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. And then it's too late to stop them. Now, I'm not saying the Royals are, have made themselves into World Series contenders, but you got to tip your cap here. They made some nice signings. Oh, without question. Um, under the radar, like you said, you know, didn't make the big headlines, but at the end of the day, they got better. And they have a good young core to begin with, with guys like Bobby Witt Jr. leading the, leading the way for them, who's still in his you know rookie contract series, so he's not making a ton of money. He will when the time comes, but one of the best – up and coming, I'll say shortstop. They've been trying to move him to third, but I think I hope he slots at short for the the betterment of the game. But um, well, what what did you like about the Royals? And I think you mentioned the Tigers as well. Yeah, I liked these AL Central moves. The Royals signed um, righty Seth Lugo to a three year deal. He was on the Padres last season, pitched to a three point five seven ERA. But before that, Mets fans will remember he was a Met and he mostly pitched in relief. I think he wanted to start when he was with the Mets, but it was the Padres who really gave him a chance to start, and he was solid. He gave credit to the Padres pitching coach Ruben Niebla for helping him, and so I think that was a nice signing. And then this was a really interesting signing. Will Smith is a good luck charm. He's been a member, this is freaky, of the last three World Series winners, the 21 Braves, the 22 Astros, and the 23 Rangers. Not a lot of people know Will Smith in the game. First, they may think of the the actor with the, the debacle slap of Chris Rock, but there's another Will Smith that plays for the Dodgers, who's a tremendous young catcher. But the Will Smith you're talking about is he's a lefty reliever, right? A setup man. Yep, yep, exactly. And he signed a one-year deal for $5 million with the Royals. Uh, he was actually a Royal in the past, but he was traded in 2013, and he was not on the team for the 2015 World Series win. But he's back there now. Yeah. So who else in that central did you like? Oh, I liked the Tigers. Well, I shouldn't say I like the Tigers. Again, like with the Royals, it's not like I'm losing my mind, like, oh, my God, the Tigers are going to win the World Series. But, you know... The Tigers and the Royals have acted on the fact that the AL Central is a vulnerable division. And so they're thinking, you know what? If we make some moves, we can make a run for it. Now, the Tigers, uh, President of Baseball Ops, Scott Harris, um, has been in the uh, in office for about a year and a half. And he's the one who signed the uh, GM, Jeff Greenberg, who came over from the Chicago Blackhawks. We talked about him a little bit when we were talking about front office hot seats um, because it was weird. He, you know, he kind of came over from the hockey side. But anyway, so they signed righty pitcher Kenta Maeda, former twin, and Jack Flaherty, another righty, uh, who last year was with the Cards and then the Orioles. They bolstered up their bullpen with Andrew Chafin and Shelby Miller. You know, so it's modest spending, but they at least they did something. I have a, a Twitter friend who's a big Tigers fan. His name is Iffy the Dopester. And I like when I have close Twitter friends who are from different baseball markets because they really help me understand those markets that I don't get exposed to. And my friend Iffy the Dopester is a longtime Tigers fan, and he thinks 
the Tigers could have done better. He wishes they have added. He wishes they had added another bat since they just lost Miguel Cabrera. But I think he was at least pleased that they did something. Yeah, that's how the the fanatics can be in their their particular area. But I, I'll agree with you. I think the Royals. Uh, I, I got excited when I saw that in the show notes. I think the Tigers too. Now that I look at it, good moves. Um, anybody else in that that division that that got you? I know I. You had one down. I don't know if you want to skip to this or not, but this, the Chris Sale, Vaughn Grissom trade, I like it, but I like it for different reasons than other, everybody else. But I think everybody got caught on the Chris Sale. Following. I'm actually dying to hear from you on this because I remember in a podcast a few months back, you were talking about how much you like Vaughn Grissom. Well, he was last year when Ozzie Albies went down, not this season, but the season before. Grissom stepped in and they moved him up into – he was – he started out at second base, and then they had an issue with Swanson. This is when Dansby Swanson was with the, the Braves, and they moved Grissom the shortstop. He was phenomenal, glove wise, had great great approach to the plate, and he was earmarked for. And when you saw them not re-sign uh, Dansby Swanson, to me that was an indicator that this was their shortstop of the future. They ended up leaving him down and signing a, a free agent in that spot, who made the All Star team this year. You know, to his credit. But I was so impressed with Vaughn Grissom. And when they traded him to Boston, um, that Boston is revamping right now. For me, I was happy because that guy can play at the big league level. He's he's uh, proven that. And he's been healthy. He's at that age of his career where he still hasn't even hit it. He's, not even, he's two to three years away from his prime yet. So to me, Boston got a steal in that one. Now, Sale obviously has been a tremendous MLB pitcher for his lifetime, but he's been injured so much that uh, now the Braves may be the, the one team that can fix them. They, they've been a storied franchise with with pitchers. But uh, I liked it for Vaughn Grissom because, one, he's already proven it. Two, I think he got the he got the shaft a little bit in Atlanta. I'm not on the inside, but Ron Washington was singing his praises. He, I, he came out and said, and that's their in, that was their infield coach, to say this kid's an everyday shortstop in, for a Major League Baseball team right now. And Wash did it. Uh, Grissom did it, but they rewarded him by keeping him in the minors all year. So I'm glad he's getting his opportunity. I think he's going to prove a lot of people. I th- well, the, the ones that are in his corner, he's going to pr- prove a lot of people right. Let's be positive on that. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Grissom being. So I think with this Braves-Red Sox trade, with the Braves getting Chris Sale and the Sox getting Grissom, is one of these trades that was a pretty good deal for both sides for different reasons. The Red Sox got this young player that they're going to get to see whether or not he blossoms into everything they hope he can be. And the Braves get a Chris Sale, who at his worst is injured and at his best is an all-star. And they clearly think that they're going to get the 2023 version of Chris Sale. The 2020 to 2022 version of Chris Sale is not one that anyone wants. He only had 11 appearances during that time. But if they get the 2023 Chris Sale, which I think they think they're getting um, because they just signed him to an extension now, they have him for two years, then they have really given depth to their rotation. And why that's so important these days is because we've all seen it in the past few years with the expanded playoffs. These teams have a great rotation and a great regular season, and then they come to the playoffs 
and they get eliminated. And so the Braves are trying to fortify this rotation so it lasts not just until the postseason, but through the postseason. Yeah, that's and let's remember too the Braves. Uh, I don't know if they had the best regular season record yet last year or one of them, but they were without Ian Anderson too, who two years ago was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, but they seem to just replenish that rotation. Love to see a 2023 Chris Sale. Uh, I think baseball is better when he's at the top of the game, and we need more bulldogs in rotations throughout Major League Baseball. That will go more than four and one-third innings out there, and he will. You can't doubt Alex Anthopoulos. He knows what he's doing. He's proven that, yeah, without a doubt. And maybe that was uh, the Red Sox saw what we talked about with, with Grissom, seeing a, you know, an MLB middle infielder, whether he plays second or short, and they were said, "Hey, if you want, if you want the potential 2023 Chris Sale, then you're going to have to give up a starter." And they, they did. And the Red Sox have done okay. They haven't uh, lit the world on fire by any means. But they, they did. They sign Giolito recently as well. They did. Craig Breslow is their new. Um, everybody calls it something different. I think he's the president of baseball operations up there. Um, but so they signed Lucas Giolito to a two-year, thirty-eight. $0.5 million contract. He's an innings eater. Um, he didn't have a great year last year because he was kind of home run prone. And if he continued in that vein, I think it would be kind of tough at Fenway Park. Um, but on the other hand, it's a two-year deal and Giolito has an opt-out after the first year. So that could really motivate him to pitch really well this year and, and pitch his hardest because he will have the option to opt out and he could test free agency if he wanted. It's amazing how they have their best years in those contract years. It's, right. Uh, Isn't it amazing? Yeah, right. <laughs> now I, I skipped over to the, 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 there was another sign as well. Kid, the kid Kelnick, right? Yeah. Um, the Braves got him from the Mariners for two right-handed pitchers, Jackson Coar and Cole Phillips. Kalanick hasn't generally lived up to expectations. Um, he was a Mets prospect back in the day, and he went to the Mariners in the Diaz-Robinson-Cano trade. Yeah. But last year, he was finally starting to turn it around, but then he broke his foot. So I think there's an upside there if the Braves can capture his early 2023 form. I remember when he was, uh, he came up early. He may have been 19 or 20 when he came up to the bigs. Had a tough, like a lot of them do. They have, they have a tough first go round. Uh, I think he struck out, I think it was something like 19 out of his first 23 at bats. Nice lefty stroke, athletic outfielder. Uh, he's another one of those guys where it just takes time. And hopefully the psyche of failing the first go round didn't weigh on him now. And change of scenery sometimes is good. And, you know, again, that, that organization tends to resurrect people. So I'm, I, I like him as well. I think that's, that could be a sleeper trade, but um, you're right. He just, just, he has not lived up to the hype and my suggestion to the people dishing out the hype, maybe they should just be a bit, bit more patient and let these kids grow up a little bit. Well, you know, it's so true, but everybody always wants to hype their prospects so they oh, yeah. can trade them and get a lot in return. That's right. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's all politics is perception, I guess, right there. It's a, it's a political game there. Well, the, the Yankees up by you, I mean, they, they made the biggest splash early, right, with Soto and haven't seen a whole lot since, though. I think it was smart of Cashman to get Soto because, you know, once Otani went to the Dodgers and then Yamamoto went to the Dodgers, too, I mean, the Yankees at least got a big signing. They, Cashman put one in the bag 
just in case he couldn't get the others. I don't think he was ever in on Otani, but um, but he was in on Yamamoto. So he got Soto. So that's good. Um, they did give up a lot of pitching in return. They sent Drew Thorpe, Michael King, and some other pitchers to the Padres. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. The big question is whether or not they can re-sign Soto at the end of this season. His agent is Scott Boris, and so he'll definitely test the free agent market. Yeah, and I'm sure they're happy with the Otani number out there because they'll be seeking that. And once again, a guy in the last year of his contract, from a production standpoint, smart move by by Cashman because you know Soto is going to produce this year. This is the one he has to. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing him side by side or I guess with somebody in the middle maybe with him and, and Judge, especially another left, big lefty power bat in that Yankee Stadium. It's going to be great. And uh, who knows if they'll pick up a pitcher. I was kind of hoping they would sign Jordan Montgomery, but I think – Monty is waiting for the Rangers who've been super quiet because they're in this RSN mess. Um, I think that once the Rangers sort out their RSN situation, they're going to sign Jordan Montgomery. And I think that's what Montgomery's waiting for. Otherwise he would have signed somewhere by now. Yeah. I thought if he was going to go Yankees, it was going to happen quick unless he, unless that's their backup. If Texas can't figure out the mess in time, but we still have a ways before pitchers and catchers have to report. Uh, to spring training, and I'm sure they'll wait on them if they need to. But yeah, I was, I, I was. The Yanks also signed Verdugo. Um, I wasn't a big, I wasn't real excited about that one. Uh, yeah, there were some. Um, you know, I think people feel like he uh, he's a little bit of a chatterbox. Um, so we'll see how that goes with the New York press and everything. But I got to say, with Soto, Verdugo, Judge, and Dominguez, when he returns. I think it's a not too shabby outfield. Yeah, I, I love. I can't wait for Dominguez to get back. He started off great. We that was, you know talk about hype machine. They called him the Martian because he was not from this world. Yeah, he, he didn't disappoint at all when he came up and produced right away. I was kind of hoping the Yanks would make a move with a lot more of their young guys. You know, they gave Volpe an opportunity uh, last year, and you know he he produced, and I think he's he's better than his numbers. I think he's going to be better. Uh, I, I see him as a 280 hitter. He's got to be a 280, 15 homer uh, guy at the top of the lineup um, for him. I, I think that's the future for him. But I like the other guys they had up too. You know, Dominguez was great, uh, but they had uh, Pereira. I thought he had a nice run for them at the end. Uh, I love uh, trying to. I'm drawing a blank on their shortstop. Peraza and what? Cabrera. Yeah. So Pereira, Cabraza, Peraza, Cabrera. Um, that, that's why the tongue twister happens. But all three of those young guys had great endings for the Yankees and a lot of excitement. But I, I feel like the Yankees are going to do what the Yankees do and push them to the wayside again. And, uh, and see, I think Glaber helped his cause last year. He's, he's going to be a regular. I thought he would be traded, though. I really did. He's been trade bait for so many years in, the ro- in a row, but uh, he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Well, cross the, cross the river, cross the bridge, however you want to say, Sean Manaya. He's a, a new New York Met. Yeah, I'm glad that the Mets got someone because the uh, the Mets fans were getting a little restless on Twitter. They signed 31-year-old left-handed pitcher Sean Manaya, two-year, $28 million. He's got an opt-out after 2024, had a 4.44 ERA with the Giants last year. I think that their rotation doesn't look too bad right now. They have Kodai Senga, who's great. 
um, Quintana, Luis Severino, who they picked up on a one-year deal after the Yankees, and they got Manaya. And then, you know, they have McGill or Peterson, you know, someone will fight it out for the fifth slot. But that's not so bad. The Mets made a run at Yamamoto. And when they didn't get him, it was interesting. They didn't go after the next big thing. And it was actually Will Salmon in The Athletic, who's excellent. He wrote this before Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. He said, if the Mets don't get him, they're not going to go after the Monty or the Snell. They're just going to kind of hang back a little bit and focus on 2025. And... So far, I think that Will Salmon's been kind of right. It seems like that's what they're doing, although they did get Manaya. They've got this Pete Alonso extension hanging over them, the Mets. Um, he's a real hometown guy. The fans love him. And I don't think he's he's going to be traded. I mean, there's people on talk radio who try to drum up the phone calls and say he's going to be traded. I don't think he's going to be traded. I think he's going to be there all year. But then he signed up Scott Boris as his agent. So I think he's also going to test the free agent waters. And then I bet he re-signs with the Mets after that. Yeah, somebody's going to pay with Boris there. But again, another guy who's on that last year. I like Alonzo. I, th- there was a lot of negativity around the Mets when the chatter was that they were going to trade him. Uh, I think the fans spoke out. The Mets' biggest issue, I, I would have to say, was when the owner took over. Everybody loved his enthusiasm. But, uh, you know, he promised so many things so early and it was almost laughable. Um, you know, as you said in the beginning of the show, you can't buy a championship, really. You can buy a regular season divisional title, but the, the playoffs are a whole different animal right now. They have to get to them first, though. Well, it's nice to know that there's even a learning curve for billionaires. Absolutely. Well, this is their well, when they're playing with this, this is their toy. For most of us, that would be like a huge business investment for the billionaires buying a sports franchises. That's their... Uh, that's their version of buying a little uh, a moped or, or a scooter in the off season. They they buy baseball teams with it. So, but a couple other clubs you wanted to get to the D backs and the Cubs, some smaller market. I guess the Cubs shouldn't be considered small market, but they act like it. Oh, um, the Cubs had some big news last night. They saw uh, Shota Imanaga. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, missed yeah. That. It just kind of just I woke up to it. Um, so that was super exciting. Now, the deal is um, contingent. So just for our um, our listeners, Shota Imanaga was kind of the other pitcher besides Yamamoto coming out of Japan. And he would have gotten a lot more ink had Yamamoto not been out there. But he signed it. I guess he's signing contingent on a physical, a two-year deal with the Cubs. And the physical is happening today. And his posting window closes tomorrow. So I hope there are no issues with the physical. Yeah, you better get healthy quick if there is. And it's funny because had we done this podcast yesterday, I would have given the Cubs a failing grade on their offseason because they signed Craig Council to $40 million eight years. And I thought, okay, well, Council is not working there for nothing. They must have promised them some big moves. But it was total crickets. But then they came through last night and they signed Imanaga, and I think it's super exciting. Yeah, they need to get him more, though. They they pulled him from what was considered a small to mid-market uh, group with Milwaukee, who I actually loved Milwaukee's pitching rotations uh, while he was there. Moved them to Chicago, like you said, promising big things. And, you know, we, don't, we still don't know where Bellinger's going um, in that regard. And you hope to think they do some more for him. And maybe it's a long-term thing. Maybe it's not all-in-one shebang here maybe it'll be over the course of time 
couple signees now, maybe a couple trades uh, during the year to build it as he wants. Because I'd have a hard time believing he he knows what he has right now because um, he has yet to, to manage them. So um, I'm glad for that sign, too. I'm glad that popped up. I missed that one. Well, it's interesting what you say about Bellinger. I'm kind of surprised he's still out there. And I do think at this point the Cubs would benefit from re-signing him. His stock was so hot. First of all, at the trade deadline last year, his stock was so hot. And then it was hot again when free agent season kicked off at the beginning of the hot stove. But now it seems like the market's gone a little quiet on him. Yeah. I thought the Yankees would grab him as a as a first baseman because you have – you know, Rizzo's been often injured, great locker room guy. Um, and, you know, same with LeMahieu on the other other side, both both corner guys. I thought, gosh, two guys toward the, you know, back side of their career, there's your lefty-righty DH, go sign Bellinger, and uh, there's your gold glove first baseman for a long time. Because Bellinger's father played for the Yankees uh, a long time ago. Clay yeah. uh, was a backup shortstop for Jeter and actually was backup shortstop for Cal Ripken. So he's got two two dubious honors right there, but uh, had a great minor league career and got his shot in the bigs with those. So I don't know, but we'll see. I thought Bellinger would be a Yankee. What about the, the D-backs now? We talked uh, we talk Cubs here. D-backs had a decent offseason so far. They have. It's funny. The Diamondbacks won the pennant last year, and nobody talked about them, and now they've had a strong offseason, and still nobody talks about them. They're like destined not to be talked about. but their favor, I think. Yeah, they make, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, they make some made some good moves. They signed starter Eduardo Rodriguez to a four-year deal. They re-signed outfielder Lourdes Goriel Jr. to a three-year deal. And they traded for third baseman Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. So, okay. you know, we'll see how they do this year. Yeah, Suarez and Goriel are middle of the lineup guys. And uh, Rodriguez is, you know, I don't know if he's a number one starter, but he's, he's at least a three uh, for them. So I like it. I think it was good too. And they, they didn't spend a ton of money where they, they're the, I think they were the lowest payroll this year in baseball, or at least one of the, the bottom two. Uh, they were down there. I don't know what number they were, but they, yeah, uh, they know how to make their dollars work. Yeah. We had Jacob Frazero on uh, Joe Frazero's son, who's a scout with the diamondbacks kind of took us through landscape of, you know, who they were and maybe projecting what they would do. We hadn't gotten to this point yet with those signees. So, it's good to know his vision is right on target with the, the top of the organization is. So um, what, what about out West Coast? Now the Giants have made big splashes, which is my biggest pet peeve with watching the media, uh, which is probably why I missed the, the Cubs signings this morning. I get so tired of reading today's modern newspaper person just post uh, rumors. Here's where I think they're going to sign. I, I see more of that than actual real reporting. But the Giants finally did sign somebody. They did. They signed Jung Hoo Lee, who we may have talked about a few podcasts ago. He's an outfielder in the, uh, or was an outfielder in the KBO, the Korean Baseball League. He was Rookie of the Year in 2017. Um, he's got good defense, too. He's never hit below 318. Yeah. He broke his left ankle in July of 23, and that ended his season. It could be... Um, that he is uh, lives up to, I guess, his father's nickname. His father, his nickname was Son of the Wind. And so they're calling Jung Hoo Lee the grandson of the wind. I'm not sure why that is, but maybe he's a super fast guy. I don't know. He he's, has a nice game, though. I like that signing for them. Um, we, we, we don't have enough. And it's amazing how we want 300 hitters in Major League Baseball. We want guys that are going to be 
you know, throw past the fifth and sixth inning. So rather than produce them in our grassroots systems here, we go to Japan to buy our pitchers and Korea to buy our 300 hitters. We're waiting for the metronome to swing back. Oh, I know, me too. Like us to produce those guys again. I think we will. We've got the athletes over here. It's just a mindset thing right now and mindset into mechanics. Well, what do we miss today? What Did we miss anybody? I think we covered all the bright spots. The Cardinals um, signed Sonny Gray, so they fortified their pitching rotation because they also signed uh, Lance Lynn and Gibson. I think we've had a couple of quiet team so far the Orioles the Rangers the Twins speaking of the AL Central the Twins have done nothing Astros have been pretty quiet oh you know what happened yesterday the Marlins signed Rachel Balkovic as their farm director oh from the Yankees right she yeah, was yeah. Yankees. managing the single a um Yankees yeah I saw that posted. I haven't read into it with contracts or whatnot or duties or responsibilities, but uh, that'll be interesting to, to follow, follow that because they made some odd moves in their front office prior, which uh, saw them pay little respect, I think, to uh, a, a woman who did a phenomenal job in their front office. So um, I'm sure the two are very unrelated, but I hope they provide her with the opportunity to have success. Uh, there. Yeah, I didn't like what happened with Kim Ang, and I haven't heard anything about where she's going to be this year. Maybe she's going to sit quiet and Could be. come back with a roar next year, but I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, she's she's earned her right. She paid her dues. She was with some of the greats in the game, um, you know, put put uh, put the work in and is very, very well respected out there. What they did to her, uh, didn't like it either. But she'll land on her feet. She's too good not to, too smart not to, and she made something out of nothing down there. So I, I, I uh, she'll, she, she probably has tons of people trying to get her to come on as a special advisor, I would think. But uh, yeah, she'll, she's earned the opportunity to be picky, I believe. So well, what? Uh, so we uh, we usually end with some food. What do you got? It's a new year. People are obviously with their New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm not big into those, but. Uh, most of people's New Year's resolutions revolve around health and food and, and diet. So what do you have for our audience today with, with, the, with the food section here? Good things well, to eat. you know, good things to eat. I think I am going to go with just kind of emphasizing some clean eating in January. And I don't do any crazy diets. I don't do, you know, cleanses or things where you, you know, drink lemon juice and maple syrup for a week or anything like that. Um, I, I like my three squares a day. I get hangry if I don't eat. But when you eat clean, you will get rid of that um, Thanksgiving to New Year's weight that you put on. So one thing I really like to do in January is grill some fish because even up here in New England, you know, when we all got started getting these gas grills 20 years ago, it changed grilling because you can send your husband out there when it's cold. Um, thank you, Tom, for going out and grilling the fish. And yeah, we saw him on social media. We saw him. Oh, you did? Yeah, there's evidence of him out there. So, um, Yeah, so he goes out and he grills some fish. And I tell you, you roast a sweet potato and make a green salad, and you're all set. I hope that Coach Sal approves. Oh, I'm sure he will. He's big into – he hit hard on protein this week with with people. And, you know, we, we always say on that show, you can't – and people always get started into working out. You can't uh, work out – you work your way out of a bad diet. So – um, yeah, I think your message and his message are uh, kumbaya today. So, but, um, 
So with that, no, great show. Glad to have you back. I know you were you were traveling like crazy. Uh, it sounds like you enjoyed yourself. It was fruitful. And uh, I'm sure you'll be back there next year with, with speaking opportunities. But I want to thank our our uh, sponsors. Pre-show, we, we did Liquid IV and Zencaster. You can listen to those ad reads to get the information. Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke. We'll get, we'll get KFT set up with hers today. Feel free to use my code in the meantime, capital letters David20 at checkout. Get you 20% off as unlimited purchase. And then also our new friends at Jaw Bats, newest baseball bat, wood bat. They make theirs in Maple. Uh, approved by Major League Baseball. You can use RVG, all caps, at checkout. We'll get you 15% off in perpetuity. You can buy bats. You can buy whatever you need there. But uh, Tanner's used their bat already. Limited grains, which means it's a sturdy bat, and they take a lot of pride in them. Very, it's actually, I've never said this about a bat. It's actually a pretty bat, too. Um, art, artistically and aesthetically, it's it's pleasing to the eye. So um, I give them a lot of credit. But KFT, thanks so much for the great show today. We're glad to have you back. Me too, and we'll talk soon, Dave. Take care. Episode 403 is in the books.